the dead deer boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and on today's episode, Travis and I sit down with Mike Ponder from Indian Creek Shooting Systems. Mike's a pretty great guy with a wealth of knowledge, and he has made a product that has changed the game for hunting these turkeys. So we sit down with him to talk about patterning guns, and we also kind of BS a little bit about out-of-state turkey hunting, and Mike keeps it light, so we really enjoy our trips down there, and this was no different. Some exciting news with the 573 is uh, we'll be headed to California, Missouri to be a part of the Show Me Whitetails Deer Classic on March 5th. The time is going to be 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and we'll have a booth set up. We're going to be doing podcasts, showing videos, showing off our uh, deer antlers and all that good stuff. So we hope you guys can make it and uh, we'll have further details as we get closer to time. But we just wanted to... uh, to kind of introduce that so you guys can be thinking about it keep the calendars open and we'd love to see you there so keep a lookout on our social media platforms for more details and we'll bring it to you but other than that we'll go ahead and jump into this episode we appreciate you guys listening We are rolling, and we are back in good old Frona, Missouri. You bet. Hanging out at Indian Creek Shooting Indian Creek Indian Creek Indian Creek Shooting Systems with Mike Ponder. Mike Ponder, good to be back. Yes, yeah, it is. thanks for coming down. Yeah, no problem. I just get this uh, nostalgia when I come into your shop because my dad worked in a shop, and uh, growing when I was growing up and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the smells, it's it's the machines, and uh, I just, I love There's, it, man, and it's it's really cool. Thank you. I, we're very proud of our shop. I mean, we, you know, started out in my brother-in-law's shed back here, you know, just across the street, and uh, just me and him, and, you know, just kept working hard and growing the business, and... Uh, yeah, I'm very proud of, you know, what we did. So, You guys have really um, innovated when it comes to the choke systems, and I can mm-hmm. attest to that because after our conversation last year, I went out, got me a choke, and turkey season rolled around. Dude, I matched it up. I'll with tell some- you what, <laughs> one person I've never seen, well, you and Carter are both, well, this turkey season, you're both super lucky and then Carter just kept kept with it all year <laughs> long. But you started out oh, you're saying super I'm lucky, strong, huh? super strong. I'm not saying you're lucky, but I'm saying there was some luck there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think I create my own luck though and too. How many? How A many birds? Bit, yeah. How many birds did you end up killing? Uh, in the spring, I had four turkeys, um, and uh, that spread across three different states. So that's awesome. It was a really fun time. I only <laughs> killed one. Or no, I killed two. Yeah, I did kill two. I, I killed uh one in Nebraska. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I only killed one in Missouri this year, believe it or not. It I was, mean it was tough around here and uh a lot of times I have other people with me, so um it's just as much fun to see someone else 
you know, shoot ones. Right. We had a great hunt uh, with my brother-in-law on his property and my son, and they were all they were both shooting sub gauges. My son was shooting a twenty gauge, and my brother-in-law was shooting a four ten. And uh, two birds went across the field, and we had to really get going down this ditch line to get even with them. And uh, neither one of them guys ever seen one fanned in. Mm-hmm. And I had a fan with me, and I crawled up the creek bank and got up there and just did the fan thing. And they were they were still down in like in the creek, right? Uh, and <laughs> them turkeys turned and start coming, and I'm like, "Get up here! Get up here! And get up here now!" And they're like, "What? What? You know, what's going on? You didn't even call or nothing." Right. And I'm like, "Get up here now! If you want to kill these birds, or I'm going to kill one of them." <laughs> <laughs> you know, because if you've never done that or seen that. Oh, it happens quick. When they react to it, it happens fast. Yeah. And by the time they got up there, they were at, you know, like 60 yards. And in another five seconds, they were at 30. And they both shot same time, killed them both. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. That's awesome. That was more fun to me than shooting one myself. Right. You know, so. uh, Double up alone is so much fun yeah but when you double up and fan a man like, i have <laughs> yeah. only i never made a call i've reaped one bird and it was at like four steps and i shot it with that <laughs> i shot it with that uh 720 <laughs> <laughs> the improved cylinder struck again <laughs> oh man but uh this year was the first year that i've ever shot a turkey and not it they say can't stop the flop and it didn't flop. I mean, it yeah, died. He stopped it was, the flop. <laughs> <laughs> you it, did it. I shot it. At, it was like, I don't know, 30, 35 yards. Uh, I set some decoys. I had been roosting this bird for mm-hmm. a while. And, and uh, I knew he had a, at least a few hens. And uh, got out there before daylight, set out decoys. And it was one of them days that it just worked as perfect as it you imagined it. And there mm-hmm. were seven hens with him. But mm-hmm. I guess none of them were... were quite yet ready to breed and Mm -hmm. he was getting greedy and uh walked (laughs) into the ones we like yeah (laughs) and i had i had a pretty hard season like i i hunted a lot i did too did not i like like you said i only killed one and i mean it was a good bird it was a mature bird but and then I killed the one in Nebraska, and that was not a mature bird. <laughs> that was the smallest turkey I've ever shot in my life. <laughs> yeah, we were a little nervous yeah. there for a minute. Yeah, and hey, I was like, oh, no. Everyone's a trophy. Right. Everyone's a trophy. Yeah. I don't. Well, we certainly but, had a lot of fun doing oh, it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's. I, I haven't been out there for a few years, but man, that, that state was loaded up when I went out there. I mean, it wasn't loaded up when we went. Well, I think there was. Well, a lot depends of on. I'm sure, just like time, Missouri. Yeah. I mean, we're you know here in Perry County, we're a little bit low on our population. Yeah, I think and everybody kind of is. You find some spots around here that you know guys just say, "Oh my gosh, we have all kinds of birds," you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a lot of hunting pressure, which is not a bad thing. I mean. I like 
the more hunters, the better for me because right. I choked it. <laughs> but uh, they're actually, the conservation department's doing a study here in uh, the Tri-County area. Uh, I think they're doing it in St. Jen uh, County, Perry County, and hmm. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're going to, they want people to sign up and then they will come out and bait an area mm-hmm. and then uh, do the trap. The And then the, ban them? And then ban them. Hey, I need to come down here. <laughs> and they want to do this in areas where they know they're going to be hunted uh-huh. because they want them to be killed. Right. So, so they, they get, get the research. So, uh, and I, I think we talked about this on the last podcast but i your texas bird yes birds yeah oh yeah i forgot you play two of them <laughs> two of them in one shot both banded just you're maybe the only person in history that's ever shot once killed two birds and then had both of them banded yes. <laughs> but impressive um you can only do that in states where it's legal. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Kansas mm-hmm. uh, is legal to do that. Uh, Texas is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did do that in Kansas once, but they were not banned. They were not banned. They were both double bearded, though. Dog, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to yeah. see if you can whip us up uh, one of them horseshoes you got right. <laughs> <laughs> out of the shop here after the no, yeah, kids. It's I, all gone. Uh, yeah, I've. Had some great hunts and uh, just I love traveling to hunt like you guys do. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's more to me about meeting new people mm-hmm. and uh, you know the hunts fun of course right. But I think the relationships you make with different people and meeting different people it's an adventure. It is. It's, it's an, an adventure. adventure. Now. Yeah. Maybe, I don't want to speak for you, but maybe, I know you, uh, I know you have a good place to go now in Nebraska, Stephen. Whoa. Um, so, First I hear this. Right, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, we could do, we could do a hunt. I know you have, uh, you have a little girl on the way this year, so it probably wouldn't be this year, but just saying for the future. Well, maybe I would definitely. Or maybe that. me and you could go scout, right. scout we it this year, scout it for him. Oh kill, yeah, kill a couple of birds. Yeah, and just not hurting the population that no. much. Just, and then just make sure it's still a good spot for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, <know>? because <laughs> I see. I like you know, the way it, you think. if if we do that for him, <laughs> right. of course we're just being nice. Right. We can tell him where the birds are. Yeah. The next, next year. year, and you yeah. can shoot first. <laughs> Well, I'm starting to, well, we might have to still flip a coin on right, that deal. But. Right. <laughs> in between Steve and Mike, I, I'll hold the camera. <laughs> is the camera rolling? Right. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh it goodness. Is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I'd be absolutely thrilled to go with you, although I'd be afraid that we wouldn't have an opportunity to kill any birds because the first two long beards that come in, he's going to smoke at the same time. <laughs> he's going to say 70 yards is close enough. Yeah. Kaboom! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about Nebraska. Yeah. I, on, on 
on two birds and one I, one I think day. You, I think you can, you know. I, I but it used to be three. I think in one you can kill three birds i don't know how many at the same time or in the same day and Uh, again i mean that's all stuff that i make absolutely sure of oh yeah before follow every law that's in that state oh yeah yeah you You got you have to i mean it's just like anything like elk hunting you got to check into the regulations on it like whenever i went elk hunting i had been shooting (laughs) fixed blades or uh expandables and I wasn't having very good luck, and I looked into it, and you can't even, even if you wanted to shoot a, a rage at a bull, you can't because you ha- it has to be a fixed blade. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's There's just all like, kinds of, yeah. You definitely do your homework before you go to right. another Don't state. Don't assume it's the same. No. Don't yeah. assume it's the same. And even different counties can be different, which is kind of wild. Now, mm-hmm. I know Oklahoma this year is one bird. Mm-hmm. across the whole state it used to be one wow. bird per county yeah did you hear about that um so no, what happened was because i there's a chance i could maybe hunt oklahoma this year this year well what they're finding is is they did a research that was done over the winter flocks mm-hmm. and that they were losing a certain percentage i can't remember the top the percentage off the top of my head but um they shortened the season and they brought it down to a one bird state so kansas did that in a lot of the state Mm -hmm. but um i hunt kansas quite a bit and we're um towards the oklahoma border i guess Mm -hmm. yeah it would be the northern well sent north central part of the state Mm -hmm. and that county still has is two birds two birds so but I know, you know, a lot, a lot of part of the Kansas state that's bordering Missouri, I think, is just one bird too. Certain region. Yeah. I, what's kind of Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma are kind of cool states because they have Rios and Merriams and Easterns even. Um, and that's another thing that you got to do your homework on if you want to kill a certain type mm-hmm. of bird. You can't. Just say, oh, are there, you know, Rios in Kansas? Yeah, but you better be in the right place, you know. So a lot of hybrids. Yeah, a lot of hybrids. Yeah, which I don't care if they're a hybrid. (laughs) I just want to kill a turkey. (laughs) But uh, if you want to kill a a true blue, yeah, kosher Rio or kosher Merriam, then you got to go to certain places. But I killed uh, Merriam last year in Nebraska, but. Like I said, smallest bird I've ever killed. <laughs> there was literally, so me and Steven, there was actually a video of it. Um, we were crawling down. There was a, a, we had been chasing these birds all day and they were, would gobble, they would respond, but they just wouldn't work. Probably with um, hens. But hens would, hen, we kept seeing, hearing and seeing hens walk into them and then walk out. Well, we were kind of walking down this road and we heard them gobble right around the corner and this is like the sand hills and mm-hmm. there was a this this uh, four-wheeler trail had kind of cut through this mound so we're crawling through there and i wore my windproof waterproof sitka jacket which was a bad call because <laughs> we're crawling and i kind of peeked up real quick and i could see there was a, a tom and full 
full strut, looked like he had golden armor on. I was like, that is a beautiful bird. And the sun was just shining through the trees just mm-hmm. right. I mean, and then there was a, a hen, and then I saw the other, uh, what ended up being a Jake, but I had just caught a glimpse of him, and he started going into strut. But I was, like, pulling my head down real slow, so I didn't get a good look at him. And I looked at Steve, and I said, there's two of them. So we started crawling up, and uh, as I'm crawling, that waterproof, windproof material on the sand was going shh, shh. And oh, I just heard oh. here, and I was like, oh, shit, you know, we got to kill him now. <laughs> Jigs up. I, pull, I pulled up, and the tom took up into, into flight, and I was like, uh, I didn't come here to eat tag soup. And I shot, and I totally missed. And then... I looked over and I saw that Jake running through, and I thought he was a Tom at the time, so mm-hmm. I pulled the trigger and rolled him. But very impressive shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say, and this ain't you know kissing ass, but if you hadn't had that tight pattern, Dude, it, it was, was a, a it was a poke. It was a poke it was on like, the run. It was like sixty yards. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't sixty. It was like fifty. I feel like sixty yards. And reality is, is we go up to the turkey because we're just as amazed as the bird is of dying. <laughs> uh, and one pellet got him. You know, just that one in the right place. Yeah. So I'm really not a good shot. It's just there, there was one straight pellet, but it's all it, you need. It, yeah, and. I mean, I was super. I, the The memory of that hunt, it, and we got a bunch of good film. It was so much fun. It was. Yeah. So I wish much I could have killed the bigger one, but but that all in all, leaves room for growth. And that that isn't that isn't what you're going to remember. You're going to remember the hunt mm-hmm. and everything and how cool it was, and you know, so it was a Jake, a big deal, right? You know, so, so many people get caught up in spur measurement and beard mm-hmm. measurement how much it weighs and and i think a lot of times it's more about did did you have fun mm-hmm. was it exciting you know good memories good and- memories i mean the way you talk about that hunt would it made it any better if it was a gobbler that it was tiny bit yes a tiny <laughs> bit yes but, but but yeah no you're right not really you're right yeah. you know you would have had, you know, six more inches of beard and right. a half inch more inch or length of spur mm-hmm. and maybe five more pounds of meat. Right. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's still a trophy, right. like I said. We, I mean, that was one of those deals where we had never even been to Nebraska. I got there and I didn't see a turkey for two days. Wow. A hen, a jake, a <laughs> gobbler, and I had heard I had heard these birds the day before, but I couldn't I have terrible hearing and I couldn't pinpoint where the it was coming from, so I just started walking and I never heard them again. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen was there with me the day after that and I was like third day. Yeah, the third <laughs> day. And I was like, "Man, I'm pretty sure there was there were some in this oh, that night I had driven around. I had seen uh, a couple of hens. And I was like, man, this is where I've been seeing them. I mean, this is the only lead I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, and out there, they tend to stay, or they travel a lot, but right. they roost or, <laughs> you know, in the same spot mm-hmm. a lot. So if you see them in the morning and they, 
in the evenings, a lot of times that's the best place to be then. Mm-hmm. And that it proved to up, be true. Yeah. Yeah. And we heard they stayed in the tree for a good long bit, but they were hammering. I mean, it was just two birds, but it was just oh, 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 every, I mean, just nonstop. Every, yeah, yeah. And so we snuck up there and, and, and kind of, I got to say, that's the, probably the most I've ever crawled for a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of crawling. We did a yeah, lot of crawling. Sometimes you have to. But there's whatever it takes to kill them. There's a, <laughs> a lot of we know the area a lot better. And yeah, it was our first time ever even being in Nebraska. It was a different type of turkey hunting mm-hmm. that we had never experienced oh before. It is. Well, I always yeah. said too. It was a memory. Only like even if you're in the same county or even if it's your neighbor's farm and you've never been on it. It, it's going to take you, if you've never been on it, it's going to take you several days to figure out where what the terrain is like and mm-hmm. where they roost and where they go after they come off roost. I mean, you don't have to go 500 miles for that to be a different totally different you. experience. If, yeah. if you've never been there, mm-hmm. it just takes a while. You know, I hate to interrupt you, Stephen, but oh. what we're... No, it's a learning curve, like you're yeah. saying, man. No, I yeah. just nod my head in agreement. <laughs> Actually, so there's one turkey that I have not been able to kill for like it's probably been four or five years now, and I had it. You my, got a name for him? No, I gotta don't have a name. I'm not gonna name him. I'm not a deer hunter. <laughs> <laughs> He's not my pet. <laughs> but the, I, my dad had him dead to rights, but he wanted him to gobble and strut a little bit more. My dad likes the show uh-huh. he's not all about killing he's all about the show and and i i was crawling up this bluff and i guess the turkey had stepped behind a tree and i guess he saw me whenever i was coming up the bluff well that turkey i hunted him last year me and my buddy nick wilkie and uh just couldn't get it done uh it was he's smart he, and and uh, last year i called and he gobbled, and I was like, man, I know this bird. He's not going to come to me. Like, we got to go to him. So we went and made a move on him, and he gobbled where we were, of course. And I was like, well, maybe we can sneak in on this bluff. Well, we started sneaking in, and then he started gobbling on his way back. And I was like, man, he's going to beat us. <laughs> so this year, I really want to kill that bird. <laughs> and if I can, then I think for my second bird, I, might, I had a buddy from uh, the Ozarks. Um, called me and asked me to, he's like, I haven't seen him for a few years just cause life's been wild yeah. and crazy. Sure. And he told me, he's like, come on down and, uh, you can stay at my house and he's an older, older dude. Uh, but he was like, you can stay at my house and, and you can turkey hunt. And he lives by a bunch of, uh, uh Mark Twain national. Forest. Yeah. So it's like the oodles and oodles and gobs yeah, of land hundreds so. of thousands of acres right. of Mark Twain, yeah. so i'll just i might just go in there and walk around and get lost probably <laughs> <laughs> learn a little bit learn yeah. a little bit yeah so we've been talking a lot about our turkey adventures do you i know it's pretty early uh, on right now and and for me i i i tend to make plans super late it's almost like a procrastination thing but what about you do you have any plans for the upcoming turkey season yeah, the, I mean, we're starting off in Texas this year again. 
just like we did last year. Now this, I'm to hate to cut you off, uh-huh. but this is why Austin Carter should have been here. Because <laughs> and I told him that you hunt Texas all that. He he runs uh, uh, trial dogs for like duck hunting and stuff. Oh really? And they go down to Texas and train, uh, train dogs. Well. His boss said, "We're not coming back for turkey season." He said, "I always miss turkey season." And Austin said, "I don't." <laughs> I was like, "I know you need to meet up with Mike." <laughs> yeah, so we're starting out in Texas. Uh, uh, the place we're going, the guy allows uh, two birds to be shot. So with your tag, you get with your turkey uh, tag, you you get four tags automatically. So we're looking for another spot. Um, I believe I found a place um, to maybe hopefully kill two more, but if not, it's no big deal, you know. But um, usually always hunt Kentucky. Uh, Got a couple places down there. Uh, Other than that, just, you know, hunt here in Missouri. And um, the only other... Um, I hate to kind of say this, but because I don't think it's going to work out, but I might go to Maine. Oh, that would be that unique. would be awesome. I I got to know a guy um, through a friend of mine who was in the military down at Fort Campbell, mm-hmm. and we actually hunted on Fort Campbell uh, a couple years, and um, Joey Zellner is the guy's name who was stationed down there and we're actually related a little bit he grew up around here and we played you know ball baseball together and stuff Mm -hmm. and anyway um when he was stationed down at fort campbell he got in on the a hunt they put on and he was a guide for and what what they kind of did was they would try and get guys that maybe never been hunting before or mm-hmm. just um, wanted to go and didn't maybe have the opportunity to know how to hunt around there. So anyway, it's it's kind of tough to hunt on Fort Campbell because there's a lot of paperwork and you have to put in for a certain area each day and this and that. Anyway, we... We got the opportunity to go a couple times, and I actually killed two birds down there. But anyway, I got to got to know um, his name's Raynor Smith, and he uh, was in the military for six years. And uh, Joey took him hunting the first time, mm-hmm. and they killed one first morning, and just turn this dude into a turkey slaying yeah i mean just <laughs> set him on fire and you can kill i think i think it was four on oh fort gosh. campbell and they don't count against your bag limit for kentucky or tennessee because fort campbell is in both states So he gets out of the military, Raynor does, and moves back home, which home to him is right on the border of Maine and New Hampshire. So he invited me up there, and me and 
my wife don't hunt, but she went with me a couple years ago, and we went up there, and I killed two in Maine, but I didn't kill one in New Hampshire because we got tags for both states mm-hmm. since it's right there. Mm-hmm. And he's invited me up every year, and I I really want to go, but logistic part of it and being away from the shop and you know it's just a busy time of year the the good part is their season runs till almost the first of june holy cow yeah i mean you know they have i guess they're way north yeah yeah so um it's like all of may for sure so we i mean i i could go towards the end of may you know and it's just getting warm up there at that time yeah you know what would be the life is just to follow the migration of geese and ducks south from canada and then follow the spring strut north to canada (laughs) (laughs) that would work out just perfect i think we have a plan yeah i'll tell you what if i win the lottery you're getting a call. <laughs> we might just have to do that. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to your hunt where you said you shot like 50 or 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, nowadays are asking about the different shot mm-hmm. and different things. And, you know, uh, you know, it progressed from shooting lead forever right and then heavy shot come along Mm -hmm. and then then tss which Mm -hmm. is tungsten super shot right um and anymore i i'd say 90 percent of our calls are people that are shooting tss right are are you guys shooting it i Um, i linked it up with the apex last year uh and four for four and i mean whenever i hit them it hit him hard. It's unreal. I, yeah, I shot. Uh, I was. I went a little bit more on the cheaper shot side. I shot that uh, uh, federal triple threat. I think. Uh huh. And because uh, I was looking for, I was just looking for regular shells. Because I usually I buy those well, Winchester uh, Longbeard XRs. Very good shell. Yeah, I've been shooting them for years, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find them. Right, I, I couldn't find any of them, so I got on. Uh, I got online. The only thing I could find was that I was either TSS, which I was like, that's a little steep for me. Yeah. They are <laughs> that's expensive. Expen- that's expensive turkey meat, and yeah. uh, or these uh, triple threat, which I think it was like thirty for a box of five or ten or something yeah. like that. Which I was like, oh, that's that's a little bit more manageable, and that's a blend of I think. Like four, fours, fives, and sevens, sevens or something. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And, yeah, and I mean that's what I, I actually ended up killing both my birds with this mm-hmm. year. Um, but I just got a lot of people asking about the TSS, and mm-hmm. you know, and that it's some some of them call it steel, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it's not that, steel. It's not steel, and uh, it couldn't be further from steel. I right. mean, steel is the lightest. Yeah. Then you got lead, then you got heavy shot, then you got TSS. Right. So uh, it's you got to kind of watch when, you know, when people say what they're shooting, because 
they're just you know they're not informed maybe right. good enough about what they have and if i have any choice in the matter <clears throat> i'm not shooting steel i mean like steel's the worst <laughs> or, thing to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like and so. yeah tss that's the the way to go if you're well i put it like this so do you bow hunt i do bow hunt okay how much do you got in an arrow uh, i mean yeah about full, 10 bucks yeah well then the broadhead, then mm-hmm. the lighted knot. So right. you're shooting about 30, 35 bucks. Right. At And a lot of times it messes the broadhead up mm-hmm. or breaks the bolt or the arrow. Right. Or I the mean, shoulder snaps the arrow right, right. in half. Now, so, so you will shoot $35 worth of something at a deer, but you won't shoot a $10 shell at a I, I understand what you are saying. <laughs> and the one thing is if like, so if I was planning, I, I had shells already before I went to Nebraska. If I didn't have shells and I was going to drive all the way out to Nebraska or Colorado or something like that, I would totally invest in that because you might only get one, one shot. shot. And that might be a you know, 50, 60 yard shot. And I'd rather spend 10 bucks on a shell than eat tag soup. However, with the, with the broadhead and the, and the arrow, if I'm going elk hunting, I don't mind shooting 35 bucks. Or if I'm shooting at something with horns, I don't mind shooting 35 <laughs> bucks. But I know here in my home state, if I... If I can shoot lead, I probably will just because of the, it doesn't cost me as much per trip. And I mean, you're absolutely right because you can buy Winchester Longbeard. Uh, I, I don't want to just say them, I'm, you know. Right. Federals are good too. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot and Killbirds, mm-hmm. no problem at 40 to 50 yards mm-hmm. uh, always say do your due diligence and mm-hmm. go out and shoot targets yeah, know that's... where your gun's hitting you know mm-hmm. don't just assume and I can guarantee you don't switch shells and expect even if it's you know if you're shooting five shot in Winchester and five shot and federal do not expect them to to hit in the exact same spot because them shell manufacturers use different components and there's a good chance they will not shoot in the same spot and it's not the choke's fault right right and and i don't call me and tell me it's the choke's fault. and i'm all over the place just like what am i what am i doing wrong That's side it in something that <laughs> it's a, I it's just like a rifle went just through today uh, not today but this year is I was shooting the uh, seven twenty out of my Stoger uh, or not out of my Stoger out of my Winchester SX three mm-hmm. and I, this year I had a hard time finding shells and I wanted to try something out I was like well this year I'm gonna keep myself from making them them swing shots or them dumb shots where birds are not working i'm just killing because i either you can 
or you can't. But sometimes you people push that line. If you have a three inch shell in and a tight choke, it's a lot easier to have yourself push that line than it is if you have a two and three quarter and that sh- and that choke. So this year I to- toned it back and I bought a, a Winchester um, two and three quarter rounds mm-hmm. that were steel and. I got to say, I was pretty disappointed because <laughs> I know their long beards are great and their lead, you know, their their dove loads are great, I think, but I cut them open and there's on the on the pellets themselves. I mean, each one had a dimple or a divot or they were in they were imperfect. And I'm not trying to talk trash. It was just I bought the cheapest shell that mm, yeah. that I could that was 2 and 3 quarter and that's that's what, what, what I got. And I shot a mallard at like 15, 20 yards. And I got to say, the choke did a great job. I peppered it. I mean, its breast exploded. Austin was there and its breast exploded. And it flew over the refuge and died midair and fell down. And I was like, that's about one of the worst feelings I think I've ever <laughs> had after I successfully smoke a mallard at 10, 15 yards, you know? And it's just what you pay for is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And this year I tried, well, I was trying to challenge myself. And sure. I, but I, I think where I messed up is instead of challenge, challenging myself with the cheapest shell possible, I should have bought a higher end two and three quarter round. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have done a lot better <clears throat> because I've shot Kent's and... Remington, I've shot Winchester Federals, and and there's some that shine in different areas, right? And and like I said, Winchester Longbeard XRs, that's my one of my favorite turkey shells to shoot. And but as far as like steel goes, I really like Federals. I really liked Kent's for a long time, um, but and I always kind of search uh, throughout the years because and it seems like different companies they'll produce a better quality product for some years and then other years it goes down and i don't know what the what the deal is with that but yeah it's hard to say yeah that i've shot fiocis too i like fiocis i do feel like um just because of the group of guys i turkey hunt with that we experiment a lot and Mm -hmm you see a lot more flexibility in, in the tightness of what an Indian Creek choke will do compared to your other chokes with different shells. Mm-hmm. So, like, we would experiment with different shells, and, yes, they would shoot in different areas, but it was still, still tight. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why we always say shoot at a big enough piece of cardboard or paper or what, whatever so you see the entire pattern. Because when your pattern patterning your gun it's not so much at that point whether you're hitting exactly where you're aiming it's just you want to see every pellet that come out of that gun on a piece of paper make sure it's you know a nice even pattern that it's nice and around you know you don't want it you know most of your shot to be high and 
then real dense at the bottom or you know you just want an even round pattern and then once you do that and you find out what shell that you feel comfortable with or that is in your price range then you can always sight the gun in you know hopefully you got adjustable sights or a red dot or scope or something like that on there mm-hmm. um almost nowadays almost every turkey gun made uh that's considered a you know a turkey gun is drilled and tacked mm-hmm. so you can put a you know picky tending rail on there and uh or you know your scope mount whatever you need to mm-hmm. <clears throat> put something or you know there's hundreds probably of different uh sites you can put on the vent rib or and they're adjustable you don't have to spend the money on a red dot or a scope or something like that right but i just think you almost have to put some sort of adjustable side on there to uh side it in with the exact load you're going to use mm-hmm. just so important so let's just uh let's throw out hypotheticals here say yeah. say you went out this year you bought a, a new gun you're putting one of your chokes on mm-hmm. and you're actually experimenting with a new shell so what are you going to do to make sure that that gun's shooting right step by step step by step would be first of all i would probably pick two or three shells you know maybe not just go with one um a lot of times it works out to maybe have um three or four of your buddies go with you on this deal and each buy a box of shells and then separate them out to where <coughs> Travis you know, is getting a beer <laughs> Travis is getting a beer at an inconvenient time yeah <laughs> but anyway so you got your new gun and that's really that's smart I mean you yeah. spread spread the wealth a little bit you know right. if your buddies are already going to be experimenting with you right because you buy this, I buy if this. if it's if you buy a box of shells and it's the least favorite here you're sitting with a box of five or ten shells that you're never going to shoot. Yep. So, anyway, got your gun. Put your Indian Creek choke tube in it. I would go to at least 35 or 40 yards. And I recommend about a four-foot square piece of paper or cardboard. You know. Okay. That's probably about as large as you need it. Yeah. Four foot should, if even if it's shooting a foot or so off, which is possible, you know, mm-hmm. that you, you will still get the entire, I, I can't overemphasize that, that, that you need to get the entire pattern. You want to see every single pellet that come out of that shell on that piece of paper. That's very important. So... You put your target up there, you know, again, 35 to 40 yards. Um, put you something, you know, a little dot in the center of it to aim at. And and do that and then get you a good rest. You know, and it could just 
be two sandbags or a lead sled or some other form of, you know, something that you're not just freehanding. So you know that the you're not flinching or e- even if you are a little bit, which, I mean, just be honest, most everybody does after you shoot a few turkey rounds. It's brutal yeah, no to shoot at a piece of paper. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't. Uh, but record everything on that piece of paper. After you shoot, write down what gun it was, what shell you were shooting, what, how far it was, you know, temperature, wind direction. I mean, record as much as you can on that piece of paper and then put you a new one up and shoot the next shell. And just, it's unbelievable when you start recording, writing on that piece of paper, all the different information. And then what we do is after you shoot, find the center of that pattern and draw you a 10, keep hitting the microphone, draw you a 10 inch diameter circle right in the center which is about as big as a a paper plate okay you know uh and count the pellets within that 10 inch diameter circle again you're not so much worried about when you're just patterning your gun that you hit dead center of where you're aiming that you can adjust that later all you're worried about is seeing what pattern you like you know so speaking of uh after shooting as many rounds as what you have do you have a deadliest combo of as far as gun and um shell and obviously your choke do you have like i can make every gun shoot good okay that's all I needed to know. <laughs> I have. I'll answer your question there's, because that was kind of a there's smart kind of, ass remark. Yeah, but also at the can same I time. Say that there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can. Uh, I was thinking there's got to be a record as far as most oh, pellets we, or whatever. Yeah. So when the NWTF was doing the still target competition. Uh, it was a little bit different. There was some rules of, you know, it was only three inch shells and you couldn't use anything uh, smaller than six shot. And, but you had to uh, uh, shoot freehanded at 40 yards and you were, and then all that counted was a three inch circle. How many pellets you got in this red three inch circle? And uh we won i don't know how many world champions like 60 world championships we've set almost every world record there was on each division and uh but as far as myself um my deadliest combination right now is my Browning Maxis with either a six 
65 or a 675 choke, kind of depending on, and if I shoot apex three and a half inch nines, which is... That's oodles and gobs of, of overkill. Pellets, yeah. <laughs> which I really like eights. Uh, I don't even know if they still make them. <laughs> uh, I've had... I bought quite a few of their three and a half inch eights. Uh-huh. And uh, I hate to even really tell you how far I killed my two birds in Kansas. Uh, well, here, hold on, pause it. Then. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I am not exaggerating, and I am not telling everybody to go out and do this because you need to do some shooting. Mm-hmm. But I knew what my gun was capable of doing uh-huh. because I've shot a lot of rounds right and both birds i killed in kansas was over 70 yards and the last one was right at 80 doggone that's a poke that but is but it poke. is three and a half inch number Eights. eight apex yeah. tss i mean the stuff is brutal yeah and the patterns at 40 yards I mean, they're just sawing their head off. Unreal, and I mean, I I patterned it out to sixty, and knew that. I mean, I I was doing shooting patterns at sixty yards that fifteen years ago you would have never seen at forty with three and a half inch twelve gauge lead just unreal the game has changed and one of the things that i think is like for the longest time like last year whenever i i came up here i was thinking that my choke was a lot tighter than what it was and the only reason for that is because the shot string and and after you said something i went home and i patterned uh my stock choke and i patterned the one that i had just gotten from here and uh the shot string is so much shorter because I, I shot a box and mm-hmm. just like shooting any old box it shot some holes through it and I looked at the pattern and I went and got another box the same size and I set it up and I shot it with the choke that you gave me and it did three barrel rolls <laughs> and I the first one it didn't even knock it over but the second one all that shot hitting within <laughs> I mean, a fraction of a second. And that's why I think that... The, that's a big difference. It makes a big difference, especially when you're waterfowl hunting. Yes. Because you're, cho- you're having all your shot hit their wing and it's snapping it like a twig or mm-hmm. noodling it whenever you smoke them in the head. I mean, it's, it's night and day difference as far as how hard it hits them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, but also, you better know your gun, too. Yeah. If you miss, you miss clean. Yeah. You know? And there, too, I, it, it's no different with the waterfowl choke and the, you know, I, I've done it a million times, too, uh, back when I was waterfowl hunting quite a bit. I'd have a mix mocks of 
shells in my, you know, <clears throat> in my hunting vest or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing to do because, again, every shell manufacturer does something a little bit different mm-hmm. with their powder or their the shot cup or what whatever and it affects where that gun hits so if you're shooting different shells you could be missing birds but have one hell of a pattern mm-hmm. but it's just because you and it's a lot hands. harder to adjust because now if if it's shooting a little if it's your favorite shell and it's shooting a little bit off and it, and you need to pattern on paper mm-hmm. if you're a waterfowl hunter just as much as you do a turkey hunt mm-hmm. and see what shell shoots the best and how and again it, it may not be the tightest pattern that you like maybe it's the more even part of it right. and that it you know you got a, a nice even pattern in about a 30 inch circle at 35 to 40 yards uh, rather than something really tight that, you know, might make you miss a few more times. Right. But, uh, but if, you know, in turkey hunting, since it's more of a still target shot, you can adjust that by, again, using a side or a scope or a red dot or whatever. In waterfowl, it's going to be more of memory of you know if my gun's shooting a little bit low okay i right shoot I, them a little higher I, I gotta shoot a little higher or lead them a little more mm-hmm. aim right on them or whatever but that that will come with experience oh yeah of of doing i actually killed some geese the other night in my backyard uh i had some uh i just set out a spread and you I live on a golf course, don't you? No, no. I li- actually, the nearest no golf next course. to the kids' park. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The playground. On it. There's a playground. Thank you. <laughs> no, but there's a cornfield like a hundred yards from my house, and uh, I just set some. I got permission from the neighbors, set some decoys in it, and awesome. set up a little blind there. And uh, I went out the other night and uh, had a flock of geese coming in, and. Um, it, they flared right before they got to me, and I pulled up and shot one at probably, it was probably 30 yards or whatever, and smoked it, and then... Now, you're talking Canadians? Yeah, Canadian geese. And th- this is with the uh, the 720, the most uh-huh. the the most open one. Right. And It's uh, my favorite, by the way. Oh, man. It's, it's killer. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, and then I got back in my blind, and I heard a honk i was just i was thinking man you know i probably ought to get back to the house and start doing stuff and so i started picking up my stuff and i heard a honk behind me and i turned around and there was probably 10 15 birds coming in and uh they came all the way into the decoys and started backpedaling and i shot two out of it and I, there was my limit and i mean both of them were stone dead that awesome. that one at 30 yards I hit it in the wing. I was off a little bit and hit it in the wing and uh, had to wring its neck. But those other two, I mean, they were dead Duh. as a doornail. <laughs> and, yeah, I just, because I've shot a bunch of different chokes throughout the year, years, and uh, 
man, I, I mean, I really couldn't be happier that with with the chokes that I'm using now, and especially, I mean, being made here in Missouri, I I'm always a, a home state supporter for sure, and and just the fact that they're made in Missouri and and they're the best is just that much better. <laughs> yeah, we we certainly enjoy it, and I, I'll be straight up with you, I'm a I'm a deer hunter through and through, and. So my experience with chokes has been limited, but I can tell you last year during spring turkey season, I mean, it was it was clear, you know, compared to the other chokes that I had used in the past with the same gun, same shells, that, you know, I was, I was feeling a lot more confident being in the woods, and that just goes a long ways. But it also, goes a very long way. It was effective. I, a lot of guys call and ask the question you know what gun should I buy what you know what shell and I'm I always tell them pick a gun that fits you that you feels good in your hand I can make any gun shoot good but if if you have the very most expensive gun on the market and it doesn't fit you and you don't have confidence in it, it will never be satisfactory mm-hmm. to you. I, it can be the cheapest gun on the market, but if it feels and fits you, you know, right, right, and and then you go out and shoot it, and you see the patterns, and you're confident in it. Like you said, Stephen. I mean, if you're if the confidence goes a long way it it really does i've i've always said that so that's very important i i I totally agree and you know um we've been fortunate enough to spend some time with you you know this year and last year and really get to pick your brain about how to pattern your gun and um there there is a step-by-step process that you have to make otherwise you're not going to believe in any product you use if you just don't do it the right way and and you've been really informative to me as a new hunter when it comes to shooting birds Uh you know so uh i really appreciate it you know you can see the passion and here in the shop you guys are working hard and i know that uh you guys have you guys are doing so well i think the demand is so high that uh you're yeah, having we, trouble keeping up. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. I mean, and and you, I mean, you're. We're sitting right here in the break room doing this mm-hmm. in our shop, and you know, we we are not some big huge company. We're red blooded Americans. <clears throat> just, and we try our best. You know, uh, we we're really passionate about building the very best product we can and we don't cut corners we don't you know just push stuff out the door so we can sell it every one of them is done with a lot of pride and um you know i i wish we could produce more sometimes but at the same time i'm kind of satisfied with that 
we don't just push ourselves to just put something out the door and just to make a sale and you know just doing the best we can with the people we got who are in my opinion some of the best workers in the area i mean we have some very uh, good people working for us and i mean we we couldn't do it without our employees and uh just very dedicated uh, uh just almost <laughs> i can't say enough about our workforce i mean they're everything to us and uh just well i i, I gotta I, tell you mike just, um, you guys you guys are definitely an example of and this is just even outside the hunting industry but where america should be heading you know you guys aren't trying to pull profit because uh, uh getting the product out there faster that's unreliable you know, you are American-made. Treat your employees Missouri right. Made. Missouri, Missouri made. made. Missouri made. Yeah, Missouri. Right. Five, seven, three. <laughs> Missouri. Made. I don't know if uh, if either of you guys are Marvel fans of the movies. He says. Uh, he, he says. Wait. <laughs> he says. Wait. You're from Earth. He says. No, I'm from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's hilarious. Well, Mike, uh, is there anything that you're excited about uh, moving forward with um, Indian Creek Shooting Systems? And see how I said that right the, Indian, the first time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I know that you know everybody's trying to get innovative on how things can get better. Uh-huh. Is there anything you guys are doing? Or I mean, should I even ask? Is there something you're keeping in the dark? No. I mean, not nothing really new except for i think the sub gauge thing is just gone crazy it's been blowing up so i'm when i say that i mean i'm talking more you know not shooting 12 gauge anymore or 10 gauge anymore even though we sell a tremendous amount and you wouldn't believe how many 10 gauge 10 gauge stuff we still sell mm-hmm. but uh and but 20 28 gauge and the 410 stuff has just been I'm unbelievable. Sure I mean, when when you can shoot without a doubt, and again, I'm going to go back to saying you have to do some shooting. You have to do diligence and pattern your gun and know what it's capable of. But almost without a doubt, shooting our choke with the right ammunition, you can kill a bird at 40 to maybe 50 yards with a 410 every time. That's crazy. It is. Whenever whenever I was out in Nebraska uh, by myself, the second day, first or second day, um, I was looking for just turkey sign just to try to find something. And I found some turkey sign, and then I found a 410 shell out there. And it was, I mean, it, it might have been a year old, but I was like, well, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> they ain't out here shooting doves. Right. So, no, but, that 
that has went just absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think for a lot of people, it's something a little bit different, a little bit new. Uh, you can get into it for, you know, pretty inexpensive. The, the one gun that's been just really going crazy is that Stevens 301. Uh, I mean, it's a break open single shot. Uh, I think, I don't know about right now, but like two years ago or a year ago, you could, you could buy one for 175 bucks and that ain't, that's pretty inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. That's about as cheap as guns get. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so for a guy that, oh, yeah, I'm going to try a 410, you know, for under 200 bucks and, uh, a choke tube, you know, of course is about half the price of the gun. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) It costs money to make stuff. Right. So So, I understand. Especially quality stuff. Yeah. You know, and, uh. It's Which is why I'm not cheap like Travis, and I buy the Apex. But <laughs> <laughs> listen, I can get it done with garbage. <laughs> Give me they a know, blunderbuss uh, and some broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> and we we've you know said Apex a lot, but there's a lot of that's just what I use. Yeah, there's yeah. those nitros, and I, and I do too. And you know, nitros are made and here in made Missouri. Here in Missouri, probably. We ought to go talk to them. Steve. I, I, th- listen, I have a lot of interest in them. They're they're really, you know, they're I good. think they were one of the first to do it when it comes to TSS, and you just don't hear about them as much, and that disappoints me. So yeah, I really like. I, to they're still a big touch. They're still a pretty big player in in the very niche uh, hand hand built shell market. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and listen, man, I. It's just my lack of knowledge in this this area. Uh-huh. I, I, like I said, he, I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deer hunter trying to learn turkeys. Him, uh, Randy, or is his name? Mm-hmm. Sandy is his wife, and they're uh, very good people. Uh, and they're about like us. They they produce a, a very good product, and they're very proud of it. And they. Uh, they just do the best they can with what they got. And sometimes it, you know, people expect them to turn out more product than maybe they can. Right. And they just, like I said, we, we do the very best we can. We are just, we're just going to not cut corners and, and just put out something just so we can make a sale. Right. And that's that's where a lot of companies in the past have gone wrong mm-hmm. is cutting corners and and it just ain't going to happen. It's not worth it cuz yeah. then you lose your name and then that's everything. Yeah. You know. So, we appreciate the people that don't cut corners and do make a quality product that we can trust time and time again cuz and I'll just lead into something about that. You know, with our choke tube, it's lifetime guarantee. Um, things do happen. I mean, there. It's a piece of 
when you get down to it, it's a piece of stainless steel bar that mm-hmm. we've machined into something. And there's, you know, very seldom, but things do happen. It may have a crack or something. Uh, most of the time it is nothing to do with what we did. It just maybe a faulty piece of material or something. Uh, and we buy the highest quality 17-4 stainless steel that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but please, if if anything happens to your choke, quit shooting it immediately and call me. I'll replace it. <laughs> so oh, that speaks volumes, man. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I really appreciate the information that you've been able to give us today. And I don't know if you want to end with anything. Uh, that I really appreciate all our customers and the feedback of stories I get is just unbelievable. And, um, uh, I guess I'd like to give my contact information. Of yeah. course, uh, you can reach us at on our website at IndianCreekSS.com. Um, phone number, as far as getting a hold of us, would be 573-824-5555. That's the shop here. Um, definitely you can call us at any time. We have vendors all across the United States. Of course, the biggest ones being Bass Pro and Cabela's and Midway USA, but um, we got local shops all over. Uh, you know your mom and pop shops, mm-hmm. um, and if they if you're hearing this and your local sh- gun store doesn't carry us, have them call us. We we don't demand that they buy, you know thousands of dollars worth of our product to have in their store they they can start out at 10 or 15 chokes and uh you know see how it goes see how it goes you know so we we really like dealing with the local shops and stuff uh ground roots type Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that of Ameri- course, American owned, you know, mm-hmm. brought up because I mean, there's, Nothing better than there's that. yeah, the, it's, it's, I, I personally like supporting local or, or American owned shops that I faces you can put with it. Yeah. You know, you buy it from a big corporation you don't have a face to put with it. You don't have... It's not a person. It's a store. You know? Even though mine's an ugly face, you still have <laughs> you one still to put... You still have one to put I, with it. You still have one to put with So... Well, Mike, thanks for having us back down. Uh, it's been a great conversation. I'm sure once we end this one, we're going to have some further great conversations. <laughs> uh, we look forward to coming down here. And uh, we took a lot of good information away from you. If, if you guys hadn't heard the last episode that we did with Mike, he kind of tells the background of how Indian Creek got started. And um, he teaches you how to pattern guns and stuff like that. So it was good to talk turkeys with you, good to talk pattern guns and chokes and, and all really the equipment. I really appreciate it. No, I, we really appreciate I, it. I, I, it's 
It's great when you guys come down. It's always <laughs> fun. We always have fun. All I all I want is an invite up there to go turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you yeah. No, no. Right, we're going to Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh, yeah. 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 Let me just give you guys the uh, yeah, coordinates to that after we, we shut this bad boy off. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll uh, see you on the next one. Adios.